0: This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author, fanatical prospecting, objections, sales EQ, and inked, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome back to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. On this episode, I'm with my good friend, the great Bryn Tillman. And if you don't know who Bryn Tillman is, you hadn't been hanging out on LinkedIn because she is truly the queen of LinkedIn. We're gonna be focusing on AI, on technology, on social media and social selling. And a lot of the things that salespeople are using today to make themselves more efficient and having more conversations with their prospects. Now, before we get started, I want you to go check out Sellsgrave University. Sellsgrave University is where sales teams and sales people from around the globe come to learn how to sell more. And one of the things that you will find on Sellsgrave University are Bryn Tillman courses, some of our most popular courses. In fact, one of their courses is about how to get people to accept your LinkedIn request. So you should go t- take that course. Now, if you have never taken a course on Salesgrave University, you can take your first course for free. I recommend taking one of Bryn's courses. And... All you have to do is use the code FREE COURSE. So go to learn.salesgravy.com, learn.salesgravy.com, and use the code FREE COURSE to take your very first course for free. Bryn, it is awesome to have you here in the Sales Gravy studio live.
1: I am so excited to be here. Another... Bucket list checked off.
0: <laughs> you and I had a podcast, and this is like, I don't know, maybe 2020, 2020 2019 is one of our most popular yeah. podcasts. And you and I kind of went at it and we were debating on LinkedIn and social selling. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've- We've spent a lot of time building courses together, getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. I've been on a couple of your LinkedIn lives, and this is a unique opportunity to bring your expertise into the studio and, and really dive into some of the cool things that you're doing right now. Before we get started, just real quickly, give us a, a, just a, a quick synopsis of who you are and why people need to pay attention to what you have to say about AI and social selling.
1: Um, Well, thank you so much. And again, thrilled to be here. Um, I have been a salesperson and a sales trainer my whole career. So a lot of people go up the management lane. I went up the training lane. And, you know, I was the ride next to all the time. And I was the one that was, you know, people were learning from sit next to me while I'm making calls. So I really went into that training world. And then, you know, the one thing that I didn't love is the cold calling. Some people love it. Some people are great at it. It was not my cup of tea. I did it for two years and I won every contest, but it just didn't make me happy. And I remember sitting across from a client staring at his overflowing Rolodex back in the day. And I was thinking if I could get my hands on that, I could see who he knew that I wanted to meet, ask for introductions, and I'd never have to make another cold call again because that wasn't my thing. Well, fast forward two decades, we found LinkedIn and this gave me the opportunity to search and filter my clients' connections and leverage my social proximity to get introductions and referrals into my targeted buyers. So once I saw that, I I never went back. I just really started to leverage LinkedIn as a sales tool, not as much of a social media, like I think of Instagram or TikTok, but I really, truly look at LinkedIn as an opportunity for sales opportunity.
0: Yeah. Well one of the the cool things about LinkedIn is the direct messaging function on LinkedIn. and the the apps a lot like WhatsApp. I, I call WhatsApp like the Swiss Army knife for prospecting because you can text, you can video, you can call directly. LinkedIn doesn't have a direct call process, but you have the ability to drop a video in. You can mm-hmm. drop a text message in. You can drop an audio in. So voice messages. So I'm a, I'm a big time cold caller. I love cold calling. I know. Uh, but uh, but but most of your calls are going to go to voicemail. And I found one of the things that works really, really well is a voice message on LinkedIn. And by the way, it works well, well for me. When people are prospecting to me, if they leave me a thoughtful voice message, I'm much more likely and willing to listen to that than I am to entertain some generic email spam that they send me on LinkedIn with a link to something, the voice message is personal and it feels good. And same thing with the LinkedIn video. A lot of people don't realize that you can just go to the LinkedIn, the LinkedIn direct messaging app that's right on, right on your phone and Mm -hmm. click a button and you can just shoot a video and send it directly to your prospect and just how, how powerful that is in terms of connecting with, with people. But when we think about LinkedIn as a, as a tool, as a platform for salespeople, I think I think I said this to you before. There's been the telephone, the car, internet, Google, and LinkedIn. Probably mm-hmm. you know, in, and now as we start looking at AI, mm-hmm. but in in that group of of uh, of tools or platforms, mm-hmm. LinkedIn fits in there. It's one of the greatest platforms ever created for B two B salespeople to get information and connect with other people.
1: Absolutely, and I'm gonna I'm gonna yes, and that what's so great about linkedin a couple things one it's self updating it's it there's no no one out there trying to find where everybody's working you get a new job you update it so the information is incredible the other piece that you get from linkedin that i have never seen anywhere else is pathways personal pathways to buyers and influencers So I can look up a company and I can see, do I know anyone that works there? Do I know anyone that knows someone that works there? I can look up an individual and say, oh my gosh, uh, my client knows someone I'm trying to get in front of. So I have always believed that referrals is one of the best ways to start a conversation at a high level of credibility. But in the traditional sales model, I would just say, hey, Jeb, who do you know that could use my services the way you have? And most people would go, I don't know, but if someone should ask, I'd be happy to refer you. Well, we can now take control of this. We could be proactive and I could say, hey, Jeb, you know, 17 people I'd like to get in front of. Can I run these names by you? And it turns into two or three meaningful introductions.
0: By the way, for all the Gen Zs out there, the Rolodex that she mentioned earlier (laughs) was, was this big ball of little cards that went on a little roller and all of your contacts were in there. So if you were looking for, for you know, for Bren, you would go to T, to Brent Tillman, and you would pull it out and you would pull the card out and you would make a phone call and you put the card back in and you would, and you, and you would circle it again. So the, the Rolodexes were awesome.
1: Well, but, I'll tell you, all of my sales notes were in the back of every one of those cards. Three kids, one going to college, whatever it was. This yeah. is the back of my, your parents Probably yeah. had they even had a tool
0: Rolodex. so you could you could clip a business card and then you could stick the business card directly into your Rolodex. That's true. Can we, I want to back up for a moment and just ask a couple of questions about LinkedIn pages for businesses. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of small businesses that listen to us. There's mm-hmm. a lot of business owners that are here and you've got Facebook pages, LinkedIn pages. You can have a like a company site on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, the The LinkedIn page, is like a, you see a lot of big companies have LinkedIn pages mm-hmm. and then you have some entrepreneurs who have them that are using them more for engagement in your in your teaching the way mm-hmm. when you work with other companies, what are, what are some of the things that companies should be thinking about in terms of LinkedIn page? Should you have a LinkedIn page? Yes And how should you use a LinkedIn page to both build your brand and engage an audience?
1: So this is a great question and I actually think that the LinkedIn pages are completely underutilized by middle market. So yes, everyone should have one for lots of reasons. The, the lowest level reason is so that your logo is on your page, right? But now you click through and say, what's there? Well, there are things that we could do as company pages that is not really appropriate as an individual. So for example, I win an award. I'm not going to go, oh, look at me. I won this award. Maybe I would, but a lot of people wouldn't. But if the company page says, congratulations to our CEO for winning this award, I can respond with, oh, thank you so much for your kind words. And I'm not coming off as a braggart. The company can. I often look at our profiles like we are attending a, a trade show conference, business card exchange, and we're talking with some, we're building rapport, we're bringing value, we're offering insights. And then they say, so tell me a little bit about what you do. And I grab their hand and I walk them over to our company page. The company page can pitch. The company page could talk a lot about launching new products. And then as an employee of the company page, I can engage. And so it's a way that we're not coming off spammy, but we want to tell the world what we're doing. So I think that's important couple more things that you could do. You can create a a live event on a company page and actually have a registration page that you can't do individually. So if you don't have, like we do it through Zoom and we get registrations that way so we know who's showing up. But if someone doesn't have the infrastructure to do that from the company page, they can actually Mm -hmm. get leads. And the company page can do polls and then send it out to the sales reps and say, reach out to some of your prospects, see how they vote on this. And then it's a hub of where a poll lives. They can have newsletters and all kinds of other things. The key is that there's consistency. When you start out, you don't have a lot of followers, and it's much easier to get a connection than a follower of a company page. So you really need your staff to engage on the company content for other people to find it. Once a day, I don't recommend marketers do this, but once a day, they can push a piece of content out to everyone that's connected to the company page to engage. I think they should do it once a week. And I think you'll start to find engagement and you'll build that following.
0: So that, so newsletters are now attached to company page because it wasn't like that before. It was only an individual could create a newsletter and I was a long, it was just, I mean, this is like three or four years yeah, ago yeah, I remember yeah. when the newsletters first came out and I was like, it would be really cool if the newsletter was part of the company page. Yeah. Uh, so that's
1: what our newsletter is, is branded the to. Is branded okay? Yeah.
0: So, what are some of the the functions of a company page that are underutilized that we really should be paying attention to?
1: There are a few things. One of them is um, inviting your network, so you can invite okay. up to a thousand people a month to follow your company page. We should be doing that, and if a marketing group is owning this. I recommend you get on a Zoom with a sales rep and give the sales rep for 20 minutes um, admin privileges so she can go in and invite everyone that she knows and then take back the admin privileges. And so now you'll say to your you know, salespeople, everyone you're prospecting, invite them to follow the page. You know, we'll socially surround the organization with our content in other places. And then for sales leadership and marketing leadership, When your salesperson leaves, if they did not put it in the CRM, all of those connections are gone. But if you can help them to get engagement and followers of your company page, you're capturing a lot more people than you would have. So
0: to to make sure we're clear, anyone who's an admin on the company page, Mm -hmm. when they there's a little there's a little widget. You have to go find it, but there's a place where it tells you that you have this many followers that are you're you're increasing by this many followers. There's a place and it says. Like mine says right now, you can invite 230 more people. Right. So, but if, if I'm an admin, whoever's an admin can go there and it's going to invite people out of their list, not not Correct. my list. Because I'm the owner of the page.
1: Yes. Wow. Right. So I go to my sales rep and I say, okay, I'm going to make you an admin for an hour. Mm-hmm. You're going to go, and you can have many different admins. They can go in and make uh, invites into their network. So typically before we do that, I would say, pull out all your prospects and your clients mm-hmm that you're trying to socially surround and let's get them to follow the page. They'll, you know, that'll help you also get more visibility with them.
0: Well, one of the things that that I've found to be really successful with the company page is we have a client, I've got multiple trainers and my, the, the trainer does something like they're at an event and they post the event. The company page shares that on the company page and links back to the client. So yes. we tag the client. That's great. And then the client sees our brand. Or if we're, we're working on a particular account with a group of stakeholders and those stakeholders are active posters. This doesn't work if they're not active posters, but they're actively posting content. The company page likes that content. Yes. And then we like the people who are commenting on the content. So we Perfect. just, and they, what happens is in their, and when they're on their, on their app, when they see here are the people that are, you know, are engaging with your content, they just see our logo over and over and over again. And they're. There's got to be some, you know, we know branding. There's, a, there's, a, there's this process that they see the logo enough, it becomes familiar with them.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to yes and into that too. The other thing that uh, your marketing wants to do, whomever's running that mm-hmm. company page, is um, go into the comments and mention, you know, at sales rep, I'd love to hear mm-hmm. your thoughts around this post. And you're bringing in the people inside of your company to engage.
0: Very good. So, tagging your own people on the so to to tell them you need to be commenting on yes. this. Yes. Very good. What what other features of the company page are people underutilizing?
1: So there's a few that I don't like. So <laughs> <laughs> that it's okay that they're underutilizing it's, them, but like sub pages and product yeah. pages and things. Now, if you're a huge company, it's fine, but it gets confusing. It's so hard. We have like our podcast has a sub page, so we share from that. We have. We have like 5,000 followers on our regular page and like 20 on the sub page. And I'm like, oh, wait, why am I going to try to build that page and that page? They're not the same followers. Mm -hmm. So we're giving up on that. I don't love that. Again, a big company might do something Mm -hmm. like that. But um, generally, I love the idea, you know, we engage all the time. The other thing about engaging as a company. So LinkedIn has some compliance issues with people logging into your account. Mm So. We, you know, because it's it's not allowed by LinkedIn.
0: To have multiple users logging into I mean, a personal you, account. Personal account
1: yeah. to engage as you. Yes. Okay. But you can have external admins on your company page. That's totally legit. So you could have four or five people working the company page brand, mm-hmm. even tagging themselves. Right? Yes. I
0: do that. Yeah. I, I go in, like, I'll, I'll go on the weekends and... I'll post something that gets lots of comments. So I go in and engage with the commenters, and then I'll I'll wait a few hours and come back, and then I'll log in as Sales Gravy. You just, and, yep. I, and I go in, and I like everything. And when there are good comments, the Sales Gravy page will like that. And then the Sales Gravy page will then comment on it and then share it. Right. Now, I don't know if the algorithm – there was a point in time when the LinkedIn algorithm really favored if your company page came in and – made a comment or liked your page, then it would blow up. And I, I don't know that that's happening at the level that it was before.
1: Yeah. Typically when there's a new feature, it, you know, LinkedIn really pushes the algorithm mm-hmm. piece of it. Um, they've been pretty stingy with algorithm in the last six mm-hmm. months or so. A lot of the things that were surefire to work are not working as well. But I, you know, I come back to um, the, it's a myth. If you post it, they will come. You have to invite yeah. them. And that's the sales piece. Like there's marketing, there's a place for marketing, no question, the brand recognition and all those things. But if you post something, you can actually send it to 50 people blind copied. So if I post a poll and I say, okay, I want all of these sales leaders that I that are my prospects to to vote on the poll. And the poll may even be a thin line to discovery, you mm-hmm. know, right? So I reach out to all these sales leaders with a quick note that said, "You know, as a sales leader in the SaaS business, mm-hmm. I'd love your one-click vote. Once it, the vote ended, I'm happy to share uh, where you benchmark to your peers. Well, everyone wants to know where they benchmark to their peers, right? So I get these folks to vote, and I've already established my next step is I'm going to reach out to them and talk to them about what they voted compared to what their peers are voting and here's some trends that are happening and I could get to hello fast at a high level of credibility.
0: Is that from the company page or from your personal account?
1: So it could start at the company page Mm -hmm. and, but then I am inviting people from my network to vote on the company page. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. But I could do my own poll as well, you know, but we're talking about company pages, but What happens too, if you have 50 reps that are pushing out one poll is, you know, when they get here and they go, oh my gosh, 800 people Mm -hmm. voted on this, there's credibility to the company too.
0: Perfect. So utilize company pages, great for small businesses. It does Mm -hmm. take some strategy. So you need Mm -hmm. to be engaged. And I think that, you know, even listening to you right now, I think we do, we've done a pretty good job with our company page, Mm -hmm. uh, but we could do. Way better, and I, I really love the idea of like doing a poll or doing putting a video on the company page, and then having our team invite people from their network to go see that. Because the I, my feeling is with company pages, especially for small businesses, is that link. It's, I don't know that LinkedIn really has has leveraged the company page the way that they should. I'm glad to hear the newsletter is part of that because it wasn't before. And the reason I didn't use it is I have my own newsletter, and I didn't want to like double the work, right? But it would be different. It was coming from our company page, where it's it's got its own
1: space. Can I add what yeah. to do with that? Yeah. In my opinion, is well, first of all, if if you have a company where you're leveraging LinkedIn as a team and there's buy-in, you need to have your own hashtag, right? Mm-hmm. So mine is hashtag SSL Insights, mm-hmm. and you just tell anyone if you want us to engage with your content, you've got to use that your your you your, your uh hashtag now once a week when the marketing is going to put out that newsletter in that newsletter should be a recap to all the things that your salespeople posted, right? So you can have, a, you can have ideas, you can have upcoming events and at the bottom it's, you know, what you've missed. Yeah. And then you're like, maybe it's not all of it, but because you can find it in two seconds with the hashtag. Right, so you use that hashtag. You're like, Oh, seven people posted this week. Five of these are really relevant. We're going to stick those links Love it. in the newsletter.
0: Hashtag sales gravy. What's your hashtag?
1: SSL insights.
0: There you go. So uh, I feel like I'm, I'm getting free consulting here, everybody. This is, this is the secret of a podcast. We'll talk about that in a minute because <laughs> brent has got this really cool process that she's using with salespeople to do the same thing and, and get some prospects. We're going to hold that to last. Uh, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's move here from company pages. and I've got some questions I want to ask you.
1: I'm all yours. Okay. So when we think
0: about the LinkedIn algorithm, it's always shifting. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've noticed lately, and I I just want to know if this is something that I'm hallucinating on or if it's true, that I've noticed lately is video seems to be back. Now, now it's measured. It's not like when they first did video, like you could put a video up and you get 500,000 people looking at your video. But it, it seems that they went to a point where they just basically cut video off. Like video wasn't getting, you could post a video and three people would look at it. Mm-hmm. And now it really seems like videos are getting, you know, my videos are getting anywhere from five to 20,000 views depending good. on the video. Yeah. Uh, and it seems like it's measured. The comments are good. And I'm, I, I guess I want to ask you about, about using video, uh, especially in the days of AI where there's, it's, it's so easy to create. Mm -hmm. good videos. How how, is is that? Is that a good LinkedIn strategy for just pure content
1: creation? Yes. So there's lots of reasons. Algorithm aside, this is how people get to know you. Okay. That's how they connect with you as a human being. So I was at a uh, conference before I came here and I had people come up and hug me that I don't know because of my video. They feel like we're friends. Right. So I'm like, Hi, right? Like, yeah, great to see you, right? And they're like, "Oh my gosh, I've been following you forever." Video does that. I could have blogs every day of my life, and no one would feel that mm-hmm. as connected to me as a human being. So, video to connect human to human. Same with voicemail and video on on mm-hmm. messages. Voicemail, your voice is human; it's connecting. So is your video. Video is important. What we are seeing actually is. Raw video from your car does better than highly edited video.
0: Just don't be driving the car while you're shooting the video.
1: Fair enough.
0: I did a few of those early on like I, I would have like I have my phone sitting yeah. up in my car and I'm driving down the road shooting videos and I, I started posting them this is this is years ago and like people were coming out of the woodwork going dude you <laughs> can't do that you know but 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 you do see video video of your car raw video video that makes you look good videos that are working for me right now are taking I use AI for this, so mm-hmm. really beautiful AI tools that can do this. We couldn't, we couldn't have even done this six months ago, where we can take an, a, a keynote and and cut the entire thing in about twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and then and then go in and and we can do a little bit of editing to get the best clips. But it just allows you to take like this podcast. We'll we'll take clips of this podcast and we'll have that on on LinkedIn it's not that hard. It's pretty easy to do. Yeah. And you could like, you, I think you could do this in your own company. I mean, if you were, if you sat down, if you, let's say you're a small to mid-sized company, it'd be a lot easier if you do this, but you sit down and interview your, your CEO and someone could hold an iPhone and you do this and just ask the CEO about why, what are the values of the company? Why should customers choose this? You could take that, drop it into an AI engine, cut that in little pieces, have it already transcribed and drop it on LinkedIn in little drips over time that would be easy for people to get to know your company better.
1: Well, one of the new AI features of LinkedIn is you can upload a video and it will transcribe yes. it for you. So you don't even have to do that first and you can edit those transcriptions. Yes. So, you know, I, I had was talking about someone whose name is Kath and they kept typing Kathy, so I could go in and just backspace the Y. So the fact that you can edit those makes yes. sense anyone can.
0: It's true. And I turned that off because I like the big, you know, I'm like that big flashy bold stuff on there. But but the LinkedIn doesn't, in a lot of cases, we just let LinkedIn transcribe it. So I'll have the transcription that my bot does and the LinkedIn transcription on there. And I think it's going to get better. I am just, I was really pleased to see that videos that got really de-emphasized for a while. And and that was really sad because I didn't understand why, you know, what was the thought process to emphasize videos and then suddenly videos don't work anymore. That it's, it's back, and it, and it seems, I'm just, you know LinkedIn more than I do, and I know you got insiders there, and you can't tell us. I know it's top secret CIA eh, stuff.
1: I can seek some stuff out.
0: But it feels like the LinkedIn algorithm is much more level-headed and measured than it has been in the past. I don't see, like when polls first came out, it was like, oh, my God. You know, polls, I, put, I posted a poll that got like 500,000 people looking at it. Right, yeah. That's back to normal. Yeah, but it feels like it's it's it. LinkedIn is is just maybe just chill just a little bit, where it's emphasizing good content. There is a, a level of engagement if people are engaging mm-hmm. on the content, it gets pushed up in the algor- algorithm as it should. And I don't know, I don't I'm, maybe am I hallucinating or is it- so? It,
1: no, the, it changes all the time. Yeah. You're not, and definitely polls were like magical, and now they're average, right? And but I'm a believer because I teach social selling, not social marketing, that the algorithm doesn't matter for the average sales rep. Okay. Generally. What we teach is you post it and there's a little paper airplane. Now I think it's an arrow. They changed it. I'm going to miss my paper airplane. There's a little arrow where you can share it with 50 people. Okay. Copied. So,
0: so let's walk through that real quickly. Cause that's, I'll be honest with you. That's not something that I understood until you said this earlier. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I almost need to end the podcast to go out and try, try this. It. We'll do it together <laughs> so it afterwards. Like, but, okay, so the, I know the little arrow that you're talking about, yeah. like the little paper thing. And I saw that that you could share it with people. I didn't know you could share it with 50 people.
1: 50 at a time, blind copy.
0: I had no idea. Yeah. And do, do so I've got, I, I'm like hitting the limit on the number. I think you only hit 30,000 I know, people. I have to,
1: I have to delete people yeah. who accept people.
0: So, um, so, but I've, ha, would it just give me my whole list? And then I would, I would have to know the people I wanted to share it with.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to do that. You can search, uh, you can export your connections. Now you have like 71,000 followers. Yeah. So you, you know, you don't know the 30,000 you're connected to, but you, there is a, probably a ton of people in there that you want to have conversations. But
0: if with. I was a sales rep, I would know who I want to have conversations That's with because I would have a list of people that I wouldn't have a prospecting list. Right. So if I were, I'm just thinking through this. Okay. So you just tell me where I'm getting this wrong. Okay. If I were running a prospecting sequence. Yep. And let's say I'm running a five, four, three, two, one sequence. So okay. I'm making five outbound dials. So until you engage, it would be five voicemails. Then I'm going to send four emails. And then I'm gonna do like three LinkedIn touches. And it could be the other way around. Could be yeah, four so LinkedIn my, touches. My, right. Yes, right. You would be the other way because you're not a cold caller. Right. I'm gonna be the cold caller. But somewhere in there we're gonna we're gonna meet in the middle and there's gonna be a LinkedIn touch.
1: Right. I want a phone call with them when they're ready.
0: So so if I if I got that, if I had my list and I don't typically run sequences with more than twenty five people on a list because it's it gets too too. Right, it builds onerous. on each right. other. So but I could have if I knew those twenty five names, then I could go to share search each of those names and then share it with each of those people. And that would be one of my touches.
1: Absolutely. So, so the LinkedIn side,
0: Uh you just, you may have just created a monster. Oh, it's amazing. Holy crap. But
1: the, 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 this is from a LinkedIn cadence (laughs) perspective. First, we search for people. We're using sales navigator. Mm -hmm. So it's easier to do this that are active in the last 30 days. So they have content. Mm -hmm. So our exact persona active in the last 30 days. We go in, we see what they're engaging. We engage appropriately. We look at the content and we either go to Google or you know, we find or or listen notes to find podcasts, more content from the author that they engaged with or the company or the industry. So now I engage with their comments and I reach out and I say I see we're both big fans of Jeb um, have you read his new book? Which new book? There's always a new book. <laughs> Which one are you talking about now? Right? Like, you know, I haven't seen that. Have you heard him mm-hmm. on the podcast? Oh, I haven't heard that podcast. Oh, if you want, let me know. I'll send you a link. Yes, yeah, send a link. So I have a conversation about the keynote. The, the, the keynote mm-hmm. is the author and we're in the audience chatting about the keynote, the author mm-hmm. of this, right? Now we've got back and forth dialogue going. I connect with them. Now I use the poll. Right. I, you know, and I'll say to them, Hey, are, maybe in connection, I run a lot of polls. Are mm-hmm. you okay if I send you my next poll? Yes, of course. So now my poll is a discovery ish question. You got to walk a fine mm-hmm. line. It doesn't can't sound like you're selling them, but you're finding some trigger that can help you start a sales conversation in that poll. Mm-hmm. We create the poll. Now I send it. They're voting on that poll because we already had a dialogue, we've already engaged with each other. Now, based on my message, I say, you know, once this closes, I'm happy to share the results and where you benchmark. Mm -hmm. Now I reach out. Jeb, thanks so much for engaging on the poll. As promised, you know, I kind of put together a little white paper on the poll and where you benchmark with your peers. If you're interested, let me know. We can set up a 15-minute call. Sure. Maybe 20% of them take it. And that's higher than a lot of other things. But it's about 20%. So now they get on. And there's no bait and switch here. But what I want to do is say, hey, so you voted here. This is where you fall. I have some ideas for you if this is your biggest challenge. Are you open to me sharing them with you? Yes, sure. So I share them and you say, you know, I had a client very much like you that went through this. This is what we did. Is that something you'd like to explore how we can help you out too? And so there's a whole process from engaging with them on somebody else's content to voting on a poll, to starting a conversation, to identify the gaps that you could provide real value and earn the right to get the sales call.
0: And if I, if I was working a traditional sequence where I was doing multiple outbound touches, mm-hmm. let me ask you two questions here. If I, if I had a list of those names, and I, let's say that my CEO did a panel discussion uh, at a software conference, mm-hmm. and I had... A clip of that on my company page. Mm-hmm. I could then, if I knew the the list, I could go in and search for the people that I have the ability to send this to anonymously, and I could send a link to that as part of my sequence. So, so they would, they would get. An, they, you can send fifty, so I'm I send twenty of them. Mm-hmm. I could do it that way as well. Hundred percent. Okay. Now, the second question is this: You talked about a LinkedIn Navigator.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some people have LinkedIn Navigator. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. Is there a function with LinkedIn Navigator that would allow me to upload a sequence to LinkedIn and say I'm working on this list?
1: I wish.
0: Okay, so it's not there. But when LinkedIn Navigator connects with my CRM sequencing software, or my like drive, we use HubSpot, HubSpot, HubSpot. our pipe drive or um our right. outreach or any of those one, mm-hmm. uh, vanilla soft, but mm-hmm. we use HubSpot as our as our is our sequencing software. So it, right. we we set up a, a workflow or a sequence with that. If when LinkedIn Navigator hits there, mm-hmm. does does that begin to connect those two things together to make that easier? And that I know that's, yes. a, that's a complex question. I'm just
1: so it, it certainly can. I have not seen it with HubSpot. Um, it has the ability to transfer data back and forth, right? So you may have to push it um, in Sales Navigator. You can say add my notes to the CRM. There's a you know you can see if they're in your CRM. Mm-hmm. Right so there's a little box that says CRM and you know they're already in there. Right
0: so you would know if if uh, on on the LinkedIn side there in your CRM. Yes. Right. But on your HubSpot side you would have them you could tell there whether you you have a connection with them. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. I, I well, with Salesforce, you can, I'm assuming with HubSpot.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, sure, it, I'm, I'm sure it all connects the yes. same way. Yeah. yep. It's, it's interesting. One of my, this is if you, when you have those secret, you know, top secret meetings with yeah. LinkedIn, one of my big beefs with LinkedIn Navigator is that you have to have at least eight seats, or at least that's what it was the last time we talked to them in order to connect it to your CRM. And that just seemed like what a what a dumb way to engage a small business that's trying to get set up on you. and.
1: And it costs them nothing. It's yeah. an API link. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um and there are some things that they took away from the core LinkedIn that you can only get with the advanced and with teams. But we have a team of four on Sales mm-hmm. Navigator. Um but we don't have it connecting. Yeah. to our Yeah, I
0: just I, I felt like that was an unfortunate thing because we work with a lot of small businesses. And you got three or four salespeople, and what most small businesses do is once they find a piece of tech and it's really working for them, they're going to automatically add more seats. Like absolutely, you know, like uh, like one of my 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 favorite tools is Zoom Info, and we're big fans of Zoom Info. But we started off with a couple of seats. Now we have our entire team on it, but we we did that slowly because you're a small business. You can't make you're a small business too. You right. can't make big risky decisions that. That lock you in over a long period of time. Let's uh, real quickly, speaking of premium features, uh, because there's LinkedIn Navigator and LinkedIn Premium. And those are the two premium, like the things you pay for on LinkedIn, Yeah, correct? there's
1: a bunch of different things, recruiter and marketing hub. But for salespeople. So, but for salespeople, it's the, yeah, we call it the mothership. Okay. LinkedIn.com is the mothership and sales navigator.
0: So- um, so the, the premium, like where you buy yeah. that, is that, is that worth, is that worth a person's, and I know you're, I know, I don't want to, I want to throw LinkedIn on the bus. I'm just asking for the average the salesperson. No, should you buy that? No. Okay.
1: So I'll tell you why no. you would. Okay. You can see the last 90 days of people that viewed your profile and you have more searchability. If you are using the free and you keep hitting, you've hit your commercial limit of searches. Mm-hmm. Maybe you do want to invest in it. but. The way I look at it, I don't even tell people start with Sales Navigator. Like baby step it, get it right, make it part of your DNA. I mean, I pay every single month for LA Fitness. I don't go. I don't want people to do that with Sales Navigator, <laughs> right? Like a lot of times they're like, "Oh, shiny bright object," mm-hmm. uh, you know. I want I want Sales Navigator, but if you have not gotten your profile perfected, which is in the mothership, if you know, there's so many things that you can do to master the free, and I I believe you should go from the free to Sales Navigator when okay. you're ready.
0: So for the for the average salesperson, if I hear you saying this right, it is master the foundation. Yes, get the little things right, like well, I, we you and I've talked about profiles, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you could go through my profile and just and just nitpick it to death because it look it's got problems. I I know it does, and but but fix your profile, get that right. Learn how to connect with people, learn how the, the program works, learn these features mm-hmm. and, uh, and you teach these things and a, and the yeah, search. Right. I mean, there's
1: a lot of search, Un- understand ability. search,
0: mm-hmm. uh, understand that. And then once you, once you start maximizing that, then move into navigator. That's going to cost you how much?
1: Well, I believe it's $149 a month now. And it's, one hundred twenty nine if you buy it for the full year per person. Yeah, so
0: that's, that's a that's it's a, an investment. It's an investment. Now a lot of companies have LinkedIn, big companies. So the people who are listening to this podcast or work for a big company, you probably have Navigator. Yes. And the sad thing is that the big the people who are listening to this this podcast who have Navigator, most of you aren't using it. Don't shoot the messenger.
1: But it's true. It's just the truth. It's true, and it's such a powerful tool. And there are a few things that they're rolling out, by the way, which is incredible. A couple of AI things that is going to be a game changer. One is org charts. Okay. So although it's mostly manual, it's going to learn Mm -hmm. AI. So it's going to learn if Joe reports to Ann at this company, when the next person goes in, they're going to know that Joe reports to Ann or it's going to suggest potentially, right? Like, so we will get full org charts eventually. Um, And that's rolling out. The other one, which I love, is it's um, chat search, like chat GPT, where you're mm-hmm. typing um, conversational search. That's what they call it, is blocking. So you could go in there and say, I, you know, I'm looking for CEOs that have had their own company for s- 10 years or more. That, And you tell it what you want and it will match to the all the filters they have and create the list for you because a lot of people are confused by the Dozens of filters in Sales Navigator. I love it because you can really get to your persona. But that's rolling out and will make it much easier for lots of people.
0: So before we move on for Navigator, if if you're a sales rep and you have Navigator mm-hmm. and you haven't been using it, you're not a power user. Mm-hmm. So you look at it and you go, okay, I've got it. Maybe it's connected to my CRM. What's What's the one thing, three things? Three the things. three things that, that if you stopped right now and you like you pulled over your car and you pulled your laptop off our laptop up and you turned it on the three things that you could do right now that would give you a really big bang for your mm-hmm. buck and would reintroduce you to the tool
1: okay so the first one is build out your persona exactly the types of people you want to talk to there are five persona that you can use and i'll explain when we get to the third one why you want to do this the second one is create your ideal searches whether it Whatever that is, I mean, creating that search is absolutely vital. I might go to four things. Um, Then when you're looking up a company, you just toggle on your persona, and everyone that meets that criteria inside of that organization are going to pop up. So when you get your persona down, I want all the sales leaders, VP of sales directors and above, I get to a company that has 10,000 people. I turn on the persona and it will just show me the people that match the persona. Very easy once you've nailed that, those filters to just go company to company and see who do you want to add to the org chart that you're going to work off of. So that's really powerful. Um, the other thing is I'm going to go back to that list because there's lots of different ways to use that list. But my favorite is there is a filter that's connections of. So once we have exactly the types of people we want to be in front of, I use the second degree search button, which is my friends of my friends, and then I will put in my clients names and I'll go, oh, look, Jim knows 27 people I want to know and knows 13, Fred knows nine. Now I want to reach out to each of them and say, hey, you're connected to a bunch of people that I'm going to be reaching out to in the next couple of days. But before I did do, but can I run these names by you? And they're like, yeah, Sure. And maybe two or three become introductions and you get to name drop three mm-hmm. or four others. But it is the fastest way to pipeline.
0: Very good. You heard it from the expert. Now, um, let's, let's go back to the beginning. The back to the beginning is you got to start with mastering LinkedIn. I'm going to ask you a really hard question. And just I want to okay. put it on the table, put it on the line. We live in a world where LinkedIn has been around for a while so has google and so mm-hmm. has so have cars and telephones right and people still don't use telephones so we we've still got that problem going on uh but we still run into consistently people in our classes my trainers run into them who just don't use it like they 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 hover around linkedin they jump in there every once in a while and they don't really use the tool so I've got two questions for you. Okay. Question number one is, tell me why. I, I know it's going to frustrate you because this is your life. Like you live this. Here's your logo right here. Social sales link. This is what you do. Yep. So it's got to frustrate you that people don't have the same passion about it that you do. And you and I have some different opinions on on how to use it, but that's just because we have different approaches for selling. Right. Neither one of them is right or wrong. It's just, it's just our approach. It's what we, what we feel comfortable with. They both work well. But, but I use LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn every single day and I use it different than you. And I'm learning some things in this podcast that might make me a little bit of a killer here coming out of this thing. LinkedIn may shut the, uh, the feature off after I get a hold of it, but there are people who just don't. Mm Mm-hmm. And and it's not an age thing. Like you would it's think not. like it's, I mean, it's across the board. It is Gen Z to baby boomers. Help me understand in your heart, like why do, why would someone who
1: has a tool that can do all these things just not use it? Well, I hate to say the first thing is they didn't hire me. No, I'm kidding. You <laughs> know, no, but they didn't hire someone and LinkedIn is not intuitive. It is difficult to navigate To even get to the search, you have to put a cursor in a search bar and hit enter. There is nothing that says hit enter. So someone would never know how to actually use the search, right? And when you get to enter, you've got all these filters. There are people that I work with that have been on LinkedIn for 10 years and think they're good at it and didn't know you could do that. So LinkedIn hides the lead. Okay. So I would say the number one reason they're not adopting it is they don't understand the value. They don't see the, the ROI and they go, oh, it's just posting. That's not going to lead to anything. And I, I, that's the long game. Content is the long game. LinkedIn has a short game that very few people understand. So you mentioned the boomers. I have a client that has brand new out of college sales reps that have no sales experience whatsoever. They've got good personalities. And then we have these boomers, right? And neither of them wanted LinkedIn. The boomers got it faster because they're like, we're relationship people. I don't need this. I've built my world around relationships. I said, great. How would you feel if one of your clients handed you their Rolodex and said, go through it, Joe. Pick anyone you want. I'll make an introduction. And they go, that would be cool. But then you have this group of kids that have no natural business network. And I go, all right, go to your alumni. You can find people that went to your school that are your buyers. You could start engaging with them. You would not be able to find your alumni in any other way with all of these filters. And just go to them and go, hoorah, and connect, right? Like, (laughs) right, Go, go Scarlet Knights, happens to be Rutgers where my son is, but, right, but you connect with your alumni. You start to build a natural network from your education. And all of a sudden there are people that know who you want to know. And you may not be prospecting your alumni. Maybe you will, maybe you wouldn't, but they now, especially the older alumni, they now have or have opened up a natural network for you. And there's something about alumni where people will do you favors even if they've never met you before. It's there's just that connection, right? So when we work with young people, I'm like, oh my gosh. We also say go connect with all your friends' parents. Just connect. They have natural networks, and they want to help you succeed, so I work with lot this is a different company, but I work with lots of financial advisors that are out of college they were finance major and now they're going to go they didn't know it was a sales job they thought they were just going to help people pick stocks and right. buy life insurance, but they didn't know they had to go prospect well, how do you do that well you you grow your natural market and then you see who it can introduce you because when The parent of a friend introduces you to their friends. You are at a much higher level. You don't have to prove your credibility near as much when you're coming in through your natural market. So they go, oh, that makes sense. But if they don't know that and they think I'm supposed to be on LinkedIn so I could post every day, like what a waste of time. So that's really why.
0: Very good. Very good. I'm I'm, I'm actually appalled. Like sometimes when I'm in a class and I raise, raise your hand if you've got a LinkedIn profile and half the people don't have a LinkedIn profile. And that's shame on the universities they are coming out of. I mean, a lot of the sales teams we teach, these are, you know, 22, 23, 24 year yeah. old brand new salespeople that are absorbing all the content and information you can give them. And it's not that they don't want to, but they came out of business school. Right, and their professors didn't didn't have a here's how you set this up, here's how you get yourself ready, and this it's not they're not all that way. It's just a it's an it's an interesting many are yeah, yeah many many interesting issue. Uh, let's let's jump into AI real quickly. So okay. I promised that we were going to save something to the end, and, and, and truly we could sit here all day long and, and and do LinkedIn, but this is why we've got Brand Tillman making courses on Sellsgrave University, so. By the way, if you wanna get one of her courses, absolutely free, if you've never taken a course before, free course, a course before, free course at And there's a lot of these things she's gonna teach you in detail, show you the screenshots on. So sign up for that. Uh, you're doing some cool things with AI. And we were talking about this earlier in the pre-show. And one of the things that I, I, I expressed to you is that one way that I've made some incredible connections, especially with higher up, like C-level people, is I've interviewed them for my books or interviewed mm-hmm. them for podcasts. And it's amazing how people will will talk to me if I'm interviewing them. And even when I was in college, I remember in, in college, like we were working on a like a like a some sort of a case study or a case project. We could call up local business people and say, hey, I'm I'm a college student working on a project. Will you talk to me? And college student students do that to me now. They go, hey, I'm working it. on this, I've got a I've got an assignment for my class. I need to, I need to interview someone who knows something about sales. And I'll always say, yes, of course, it's always worked. But when I, when I explain this to people, this is what I do. Here's what they say. Yeah, but you're Jeb Blunt. And if Jeb Blunt calls, people are going to answer the phone because you're a best-selling author and people know who you are. But you've created a way for the average salesperson to leverage the exact same thing And you're using AI to make it easier. And I'm wondering if you would just give us an overview of this, because I know you're super passionate about it. And for the record, and I want to make sure I'm clear about this, because this is what I said to Brent. I said, this is awesome. I would teach this all day long. And I think it's incredible. Most people aren't going to do this. I said some people will do it for a little while, but it's not going to be sustainable. So this is—I'm just saying this out loud, looking in the camera, and I'm yeah. talking in the microphone for the people listening. Most of you are going to hear this, get excited, and you won't do it. And the ones that do do it will only do it once or for one season. But about one to two percent of you are going to hear this, and it's going to be a game changer that is going to put bigger opportunities in your pipeline, and it will walk you into the C-suite. So pay attention.
1: I love this. So we call an interview. Sorry, we call it prospect by interview. (laughs) Ultimately, what it is, is we have our sales reps go on to Zoom or Teams and record three to five minutes of your brilliance. And you are brilliant. If you're selling, you're brilliant because selling is tough, right? Like if you don't, if you don't have the chops and you don't have the knowledge, you're not going to make it. So if you are in sales right now and you've sold, you have brilliance to share. That's just my thought. Maybe you get off the call with a prospect. You're like, oh, I said some good things yeah. in there." Jump on Teams or Zoom and record yourself three to five minutes. Take that transcript and stick it into ChatGPT and say, with a little more fluff than this, but you know, write a five-page, a two-page ebook. Give me ten points from this talk for an ebook. We can create that in Canva very simply but we don't it's ca- stop canva.com. So, canva. so,
0: so canva is like, like uh, it's our go tool, go to mm-hmm. tool. Every we salesperson do. should understand Canva. I believe you can still get a free, free account on Canva, right? So, yeah, it's yep, freemium. So, yep. uh, so, and and it's got like ebook templates. So you're yep. going to, you're going to grab the, the key points from chat GPT, give me 10 points on mm-hmm. this or some, so what I, what I do, even simpler, as I just say, take this audio transcript and write a blog article. Right. And, and because of the way ChatGPT works, it almost always gives you a numbered list of something. Yep. Right. And then, and then you go to Canva, get a template, an mm-hmm. ebook template. Yep. And then you just drop it into Canva and let Canva do
1: the work. Right. And you can brand your colors and bring in your logo all free. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's steps to this. I, I think we're going to be teaching this in a mini yep. course on Friday, mm-hmm. Friday afternoon. I think we're slated to teach that. So I'm excited. Um, but ultimately, you've got this now ebook with your voice, but now we add another page in between each of your thoughts, and those are the pages for the quotes from the CEOs that you're going to be interviewing, and you just reach out on LinkedIn. Jeb, as the CEO of an amazing sales training company, I would love your perspective on an ebook that I'm writing, A, B, and C. Please let me know if, you know, if you're open, here's a link to schedule, and I have a link for Calendly that has all questions in it. It's definitely for this this ebook purpose. We get on, I get the quote, and we have a whole system that we're going to teach in the mm-hmm. course on what to say, how to say it. You know, how do I you know turn this conversation into a sales call? So there's a whole process around that. But here's the thing: is we're getting quotes, we're putting them in the ebook, we're publishing the ebook, we're sending it obviously to everyone that quoted about 20% of the people we reach out to will actually schedule. Now we send it to the 80 people that didn't. And say, I'm sorry that we were unable to connect for this ebook. I thought I'd send it over to you if you're interested in being in the next one, let me know. And now we're going to so we're going to get that going with all the other people that ignored me, and then you'll get another 20% of those people that will say yes, and we socially surround the company. What happens when I send that ebook? All of Jeb's employees that Jeb was quoted I have a level of credibility that you took my call that you quoted in the book that they're going to they're gonna pick up my call when I call mm-hmm. them. They're going to pick up the phone. They're going to schedule that Zoom meeting because they feel in a way that I've already been vetted by their CEO. So there's a lot of value to that. And then the last piece of this is if you ran the interview well, the way that we'll teach you in the course, you have identified a gap that you can solve. Now you can't bait and switch in that, interview but after it's been published I can come back and say Jeb I really love your tip in the ebook it's really going to bring great value to my network I hope you don't mind but when we were chatting I heard you say this and I've been thinking a lot about it and I have a couple of ideas for you are you open to another call and now they're like yes so now I'm in my sales call I got permission when soon as they go I've got some ideas for you they know now but I'm asking permission now, but you've built such credibility with them. There's a high likelihood that they want to hear your insights.
0: Would it be okay if I share the secret sauce?
1: Yeah, go okay, ahead. So
0: I want to explain why this works so well. So you gave us a, the system and process, but I want to just dive into human psychology. Great. So when you think about human beings, the most insatiable human need is the need to feel important. We all want to feel like we matter. And you can't make someone feel too important or too appreciated. And the thing about making someone feel important is when you make them feel important, you give them the greatest gift that you can give another human being. And when you give someone a gift, they feel a need to reciprocate. It doesn't mean that they always will. So if you walk in with this idea that I'm going to do an interview and then they're going to reciprocate by buying something from me or meeting with me, that's really a, a, a self um, or a premeditated resentment, right? I don't right. want to do that. I want to walk in with the sincere desire to listen and learn more about them. Right. So, but the easiest way to make someone feel important is to sit down and let them talk. Absolutely. So if you think about a podcast where you sit down and you, and you interview someone just like I've been interviewing you yeah, and you're able to talk about your expertise and, and people are paying attention to you, you feel good. Like it makes you feel great. Yeah. It releases endorphins in your brain. You get a massive dopamine hit. So essentially it's like, it's chemicals Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel so good about me that, and this is what's so super about this. When you make them feel that way, if you go back and ask them for more, they're more likely to say yes. Yes. But what I've found is that if I'm asking the right questions, so if I think about the questions I'm going to be asking from an interview standpoint, and you said this earlier, you said really it's just discovery, but under a different format. But, Most sales are closed in discovery because you ask a question that provokes awareness that there's a need for change. So if I'm asking questions of you that create awareness that there is a need to do something after I've made you feel good, what I find is that somewhere in the range of around 60 or 70% of those meetings at the end, the person says to me, Hey, you know what? Could we get back together? I've got a problem I'd like for you to help me with. So I don't even have to go to... Any of the other things, now, you still got to publish the ebook, and you still got to publish the podcast, and you still got to send them a thank you note for doing. Right. The, like a handwritten thank you note, it's really powerful in these situations, yeah, we do right? Do
1: send out cards.
0: Yeah, just, <laughs> you send out cards. I'm still writing them like an that's old school. Good,
1: that's good. I
0: got a bunch I got to write today, but the but a send out card, but something thanking mm-hmm. them. But you're going to find that so many times because you took the time to sincerely listen to them, mm-hmm. that they reciprocate by saying, "Hey, can we meet again for more," or can I introduce you to the person in my company that I want you to talk to about this problem? Yes. So it it's, that's the power of this, but that's why when you listen to what, what Bryn said, like that's a lot of work, even though you've got an AI generated process, you still got to do the interviews. You got to show up. You got to talk to people. You got to be in, you got to engage. You got to be sincere. So most of you won't do this, but it works. And I know that it works because it's been a strategy that I've used for 17 years to build my business. And mm-hmm. this is, this is where human psychology, mm-hmm. right. Meets technology.
1: Ooh, that's a You've got to point that. I may, one. I may
0: have to put that on one of the posters in here. So
1: that's got to go in your next book. <laughs> yeah.
0: I like it. That's exactly what we'll do. Thank you. And the next book's called the AI edge. So gratuitous book plug. All right. So, um, before we take off, this has been amazing. I I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, but we've got a lot of tech hitting right now, especially AI. And I think everybody's head spinning a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, the problem with AI solutions searching for a problem. Like we're just dropping AI into everything. And it, it, so the, the the people who are listening to this podcast, when it comes to LinkedIn and it comes to AI, Maybe just share your your most practical thoughts for the average salesperson for how they should approach these things right now, mm-hmm. and and how they can use these tools immediately to make a, an impact in their world without feeling overwhelmed that I have to do so much.
1: A lot of it, in my opinion, for sales reps, and you know, when you get into the marketing folks, there's it's a, I mean, absolutely open. I don't want salespeople to get too stuck in playing with AI because it could be a black hole and they're gone forever. But if you're looking to create thought leadership and you're not a writer, ChatGPT or Bard, they're your best friends, right? Whatever conversational chat you use. Can I add a caveat to
0: that? Yes. With the caveat that you edit what, they, what the what the, bar, what the bot writes for you. Okay.
1: So the, and, and by the way, you can even see exactly, I know immediately when it's a chat thing They, they use the same words they highlight the same yes so this is your starting point now i will tell you i did a. I think mark hunter was my my example i did it straight from ai but i said in the post that this comment was ai based on you know and and it got a lot i mean i was totally transparent that I did not. I copied and pasted and I said, mm. it's really a test. I wanna see what happens. And I did that on Mark's content. It could have been because it's Mark's content, but it got an enormous amount of reach. Like it just mm. did really, really well. And this was right when, when ChatGPT came out. But what should they be doing? Using AI to create content, I think is really important. Using AI to research your competitors is a really mm. great way to do this. Using AI for pre-call planning, So you can stick now, you could stick a link to a website Mm -hmm. into ChatGPT, and I I have a little prompt that says, tell me what challenge they face, what challenge they fix, who do they fix it for, what's their competitive edge, uh, and who are their competitors. And so that's like, and I put it in and I stick in the link, and it gives me all the things I need for pre-call planning. Now, I may go one step further and take one of those competitors, Mm -hmm or all and say what is their competitive edge right Right? so the pre-call planning piece i think is really very powerful there are lots of other ways they can do this but it's really from a research perspective can really shorten the process
0: yeah i think that's where when i look at at ai tools right now exactly the same thing i'll one of my prompts is give me the top five competitors for this company the names of their ceos links to their website and their value propositions in table format. And I'll pull that, and I'll just use that to get an idea, do all the competitors look the same? Are there some different things? It allows me to really easily just click through and look. Uh, We were doing it earlier, we were just like, tell me about, and we we were getting bios for folks. So you can use it for that. One thing for salespeople in particular right now with AI is AI is a much better writer and editor than you are. So if you've got an important email or something important that you're writing for, a customer or prospect so let's say that we're, we're approaching this the c-suite and mm-hmm. i've got maybe one shot what i might do is take my email and say just i just want you to to edit the email so anthony and rena has got a prompt where uh you are it tells tells chat gp you are an english professor edit this email for grammar and punctuation only make mm-hmm. no other changes yep
1: that's perfect
0: and and so it'll go through and do that. And, and
1: Grammarly I, has an AI you can do that Grammarly with Grammarly is the well. same
0: thing. I'm very careful with that because I have a particular style of writing. So I have to, I have to put it in there and then have to read it again. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that, that we're, we're talking about in this new book, AI The AI Edge, is we have like a robot rule number one is never trust, always verify. So the, the problem with AI is that it, it is a machine mm-hmm. and it is a machine with goals. And when you tell it what you want, it is going to relentlessly focus on achieving that goal. So, and it doesn't make a difference what the output is. It doesn't care. It has no empathy. It is just giving you output. So for, for the average salesperson, my best advice is you should get familiar with the tools that are out there. They're everywhere. They're going to be all over your CRM. Most of them are not going to help you. Most of them are going to waste more time than they're going to help you with. Just, it's just because there's a lot of tech execs Mm -hmm. out there just trying to build AI into anything because they're looking for the next billion dollar valuation. Right. But when you find the ones that work for you and Brendan, you and I were having a conversation, you use a a tool called magical Mm -hmm. that you love. You love love it. I freaking hate it. Like, so you're going to have different, we're going to have different, you know, different preferences with, with tools, but, but I still tried it Mm -hmm. before I decided I hated it. and, and, so you, you may try magical and it's a, it's a, it's, it's a tool down, that you love. Hands down the right. best, other than Sales
1: right. Navigator, it's the best tool right. that I have.
0: And, and I ran for the, for the yeah. screaming going, I can't stand this thing. But, but start, start trying things, start working through things, start mm-hmm. using the tools. If you find it uncomfortable, keep trying it. If you find it unusable, like it's not, it's not saving you time. It's not additive to your world. Then quit using it. Move right. on. Right. But generative AI is uh, is an insanely powerful tool used the right way the number one thing is just recognizing that it is a machine it may feel sometimes like it's a person talking to you and we we had a robot earlier talking to us and it really felt like a person talking with us uh, but the but it has a goal and that goal is to end up someplace else and the better results going to become, come from the better input. So, yes. so the better you get at prompts, the better you get at asking for things. And I, what I found, and I don't know about you and we'll, I, I will wrap up here, but I found that the more that I type prompts in the, my brain just starts learning how the robot thinks yes. and I'm not really having to stop and go, what do I want to tell the robot? I just go. And that's other,
1: why they call it conversational yeah. chat.
0: And then the other thing is that it is that the robot produces a, a, a result so fast that sometimes even in the middle of it, I'm like, okay, wrong prompt, click. Regenerate or stop just, generating. Yeah, yeah, stop generating and I'll, and I'll start again. So I, I think that the trial and error and the working through it really matters.
1: Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos on it. I watch what other people are doing for prompt engineering. And um, many of it, much of it is not around sales, but I learn how it thinks. Yeah. I, one other warning, and you said something funny that, that you know, AI lies. I said, all right, well, now when I do some research, I'm going to ask for citations. So I got all these citations, and when I clicked through them, they were broken links. Yep. So really be careful.
0: Well, and in, in they go, uh, I asked the chatbot to give a quote from me, mm-hmm. and it, it came up with 10 quotes, and only one of them were actually my words. The other ones were for other people that had said something, and they put my name on it. So oh. we'll totally make things up. So, uh, so there you have it. Awesome conversation. Yeah. And before we go, tell people how to get connected with you.
1: Well, the first thing is you can get a free course of mine on Sales Gravy University. Start there. But I am on LinkedIn, Bryn Tillman. uh, And I have a free public library, uh, socialsaleslink.com slash library with lots of content. And I'll even link this podcast there.
0: Beautiful. Excellent. And folks, if uh, if you want to take one of Bryn's courses and you've never taken a course before on Salisgrave University, do yourself a favor and go check it out. You've really never experienced anything like Salisgrave University. It is... A, a, a platform, probably the most powerful sales training platform on the planet. We've got more than 40 of the top experts, just like Bryn, who have created courses for Sales Gravy University. We've got this amazing feature called the Team Hub for small sales teams that gives your team a place to put all their training, even training that you create on the platform. If you're a large company and you have a learning management system and you want to 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 put fresh new content on your LMS you we have a really simple LMS integration that like in 2 seconds you can have our content running on your LMS and if you're an individual the all access pass or just purchasing courses a la carte gives you the opportunity to learn from some of the greatest minds in sales is this, this sales, the same sales training that huge companies are playing, paying big bucks to get access to. You get access to those courses. And if you've never taken a course before, if it's your very first time, you can take any course. I hope you'll pick one of Bryn's courses, but you can pick I any course <laughs> on Sales Gravy University by using the code free course. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com learn.salesgravy.com and use the code free course. We'll see you next time on the Sales Gravy Podcast.